Welcome to AM Best Audio. Today, there are more than 2 million electric vehicles on the road in the United States, according to some estimates. And that number will likely continue to grow, especially in states like California, which plans to ban the sale of new gas-powered cars by 2035. As a result, insurers must begin to think about the associated risk and how this and any other similar legislation could impact their businesses in the coming years. I'm Lori Chortis for Invest Audio. And joining us now to talk about that is Sandy Perfetto. She's Senior Director of Personal Lines, Core Products, and Underwriting Solutions at Verisk. Sandy, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Lori. Sandy, what trends are you seeing around the use of electric vehicles today? So I, I, I think overall, um, we're definitely seeing a growth. Um, people think about electric vehicles as they're, I, I think in particular, looking to save on fuel costs and obviously help the environment. So they're you know thinking about reducing their carbon footprints and maybe even getting tax credits in some states. So with that, I, I we're you know definitely seeing a growth and an uptick in purchases and. I think you already, you know, we we mentioned California. We're already seeing states like California and New York take action to speed up the growth of sales. So that's important. Um, with the infrastructure overall evolving, I, I expect we'll continue to see more growth and and maybe even accelerated. But there are also going to be considerations for pe- individuals and insurers that exist around like scarcity of repair shops or cost of repairs and batteries. So we're definitely um, trying to evaluate risks overall. Can you just expand on that and talk about some of the other risks that electric vehicles pose, including those surrounding public charging stations? Sure, sure. Um, so so I mentioned one of the things I did mention was batteries. There, That's, I feel like, one of the biggest areas that people tend to hone in on. Um, we The battery fires, while they're relatively rare, uh, there have been some recalls to electric vehicles as a result of battery fires. And while gas-powered vehicles can also catch fire, um, the batteries in electric vehicles are a little different because they're composed of certain toxic materials that can cause uh, leakage and create other liability exposures in the event of um, an accident or collision. Uh, there's also been some reports that these batteries can burn hotter and longer than traditional gas vehicle batteries. So um, those are some considerations for people. Also the potential for increased property damage claims. And I think this comes up in particular and has to be thought about in the circumstance of like a fleet of vehicles. So if you have a fleet of electric vehicles and there's exposures to the changes in the batteries, it's certainly something that needs to be thought about. Um, and then I know you specifically asked about like the, the different exposures around like cyber or hacking. Um, I think we do see more opportunity for cyber risks and exposure to hacking. I don't think that's particularly limited to electric vehicles. Um, as we see more automation in vehicles overall, there's definitely more exposure to those types of risks. But um, electric vehicles in particular do get connected to charging stations, so that can create more public charging stations, I should say, could create more of an opportunity for hackers to impose malware or or other um, software or or anything that could 
tamper with the vehicle or create the vehicle to malfunction. So I think that exposure is different than traditional gas powered vehicles where you're just pumping gas in the vehicle. Uh, so that's something to consider. And I think like the other one other risk I think that we've heard about has been um, the quietness of electric vehicles and, and potentially creating risk to pedestrians. But that is something that the American government has tried to react to and has mandated that electric vehicles do have detectable sounds added to them. So hopefully um, we see that risk somewhat mitigated and hopefully even the batteries and, and other concerns get mitigated over time as we continue to expand. So how can carriers insure these vehicles? What do policies typically cover and how does insuring electric vehicles differ from insuring gas or diesel powered vehicles? So right now, I would say there's not too many differences in how you would insure these vehicles. So uh, the traditional personal auto policy is still um, used to insure uh, electric vehicles, but we do need to continue to evaluate how I think some of the risk evolves. So I think it's important to take into account, um, thinking about the data of the vehicles, we do have... Typically, the VINs are distinguishable for electric vehicles, so that's an area that gives us an opportunity, the vehicle identification number, to evaluate the claims data as we look to the future and and consider overall impacts on underwriting and rating, in addition to policy offerings and and whether there's a need for changes in policies long term. Speaking of underwriting, what challenges do auto insurers face when underwriting these vehicles? There are many benefits and to, I think, the advancements in vehicle technology for electric vehicles and just adding safety features. Um, these overall can help reduce potentially the frequency and, and BI severity in vehicles by replacing, by including more advanced technology and, and ultimately factoring that into underwriting and rating. But insurers also need to think about I think different policies than just auto insurance policies as were traditionally considered when underwriting cars. Um, so they may need to think about does having a charging, if you put an installed charging station in your home, which is an option, is there any impact on your homeowner's insurance? Do you need to think about coverage for that any differently or the personal property exposure? Um, for fleets of vehicles, are there different exposures that insurers need to think about from a commercial standpoint? So if there was, um, was the, you know, some kind of um, hacking activity or if there was a battery, you know, issues with the batteries widespread and, and from a commercial standpoint, your fleet of vehicles all have those, those same types of batteries, could this lead to impacts on the business? Could there be more claims for business interruption if that were to happen? So I think it's just, I think, starting to think differently about other risks that may be related to uh, these vehicles as insurers are underwriting them. So how does the cost to repair and replace specialist parts and service electric vehicles compared to diesel or gas powered vehicles? And what does that mean for insurers? So it, it has definitely been reported that it um, can be more difficult to find the parts to repair electric vehicles. I think it also may be more challenging to find those who can service these vehicles. So, and and this is again true for I would say vehicles that are advancing with advanced technology. Um, I'd like to think about how you know a person who traditionally was a mechanic 
you know, was, had this hands-on experience and understood cars. Now you got to really know computers. You really got to understand technology. You got to understand all these unique characteristics of the vehicles. So I think it does present more challenges and potentially more cost with the service and repair than traditionally existed for gas powered vehicles or traditional vehicles. Um, there's also definitely uh, an increased cost for the batteries compared to the batteries in gas powered vehicles. So um, that needs to be taken into account. Uh, maybe something even like a, a small fender bender, if the battery is damaged, replacing it could be a lot more expensive than uh, insurers traditionally faced. You talked earlier about the potential threat of hacking attacks or, or cyber attacks on electric vehicles. What impact could a mass hacking attack have on insurers? There, you know, definitely any kind of widespread event, um, if there was mass hacking, definitely could be something that we're not really set up for right now. Uh, those types of risks, if you're talking about a mass hacking and potentially could come into the come into the area of thinking about like even a terrorist attack. Um, that's not traditionally, you know, that's not covered by your traditional insurance policies and something that needs to be thought about from uh, that overall exposure and, and the potential for widespread accidents. Um, when you think about cars, they are large and, and they're unfortunately deadly vehicles for people. So if there was a mass hacking attack that um, did get into cars and, and caused, wide, caused widespread accidents, I mean, you know, we're likely looking at billions of dollars of, of damage that could occur and needing to think about how to address that potential risk. We mentioned earlier that California plans to ban the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035. What could that mean for insurers and also the future? Of electric vehicles, so it, I, I think it's you know a move to to try to expand the increase of sales for electric vehicles. That's certainly the focus um, to help with the environment and and shift um, how people are are purchasing vehicles. There are, are other states that are already following suit. Um, New York, actually, Governor Hochul had introduced an announcement in September, I believe, where. They also directed their New York Department of Environmental um, Conservation to introduce regulations as well. And that focus was also on um, for all new passenger vehicles sold in New York to be zero emissions by 2035. So those are two states and I, I'm sure we're going to see others follow. And I think with this change and this shift and the, the growth that's going to occur as a result for electric vehicles, Insurers really are going to need to think about the evaluating the data around electric vehicles, um, the overall impacts on frequency and severity, and the changes in risks. Uh, and then, you know, again, the the advanced driver safety features tend to go hand in hand with new vehicles and new electric vehicles. So, um, as those continue to evolve and and change the hopefully the safety of vehicles and and the risks on the road, we'll just I need to continue to keep an eye on the data and um, how that's going to impact the overall future of electric vehicles and insurance. Speaking of the future and just looking ahead, what do you foresee for the future use and insurance of electric vehicles in the coming years? The U.S. Department of Energy has def has noted um, an increased growth of 
both hybrid vehicles and electric vehicle registrations. And I think this has been pretty consistent since 2017, where we've seen this growth. And I think that growth is likely to continue. Um, So I think one of the biggest things that are going to be key for the coming years is really for states to continue to evolve and put the infrastructure in place to accommodate electric vehicles. One of the things I think that is a struggle is people who had traditional gas-powered vehicles are used to having a gas station on every corner. Um, I I live in a town that's three miles by three miles, and we have three gas stations in the town. So, you know, I mean, maybe it's not literally every corner, but it's, it's pretty close. So when you're used to that type of infrastructure and being able to, um, charge your vehicles and, and, you know, I think even post pandemic where people took more road trips and, and were, you know, using their cars more, it's really going to be important to have that infrastructure evolve and accommodate these increased sales and, and that growth. So I do think we're going to see an, an increased use and an increased growth in the coming years, but I think it's also going to take some other changes similar to what New York and California are doing in other states, but to really help accommodate um, that growth and as we move forward and, and to encourage people to, to purchase these types of vehicles. Sandy, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you, Lori, for having me. That was Sandy Perfetto, Senior Director of Personal Lines, Core Products, and Underwriting Solutions at Verisk. For AMBest Audio, I'm Lori Chortis. Looking to get the full attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms that will do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by calling AM Best Advertising Sales at 908-439-2200, extension 5399, and have a great day.